Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hello and welcome aboard the New Scientist Escape Pod. I'm Rowan Hooper, our podcast editor. On this episode, we've actually had enough of Earth and we've escaped completely. Our theme today is moons and we're joined from Chicago by our space and physics reporter, Leia Crane. Hi, Leia. Hi, Rowan. Hi. What's your moon? Today, I'm going to be talking about Saturn's biggest and best moon, Titan. <laughs> um, and Well, it's definitely Saturn's best moon. We'll, we'll see whether it's <laughs> the best moon. We're also joined by Timothy Revel, our comment and culture editor. Hi, Tim. Hello. And what have you got? Well, I've picked the best moon, Europa, one of <laughs> Jupiter's. Well, I've got the moon. So, uh, you know, I've got Earth's moon, Luna. You know, we're not going to be competitive about this. All moons no. are great. But, of course, we are secretly being competitive. We're going to visit them in order of proximity to Earth, which means I'll go first, uh, then Tim, and then Leia. I don't mind going last. Uh, save yeah. the best for last. But um, before we start, everyone, remember, you can get the ultimate escapism with a discount subscription to New Scientist. If you go to newscientist.com slash escape20. Okay, let's start with our moon, Luna. (laughs) (laughs) I know you're not fond of our moon, Leia, um, and for some reason want to destroy it. But uh, let's, let's just take a moment to celebrate our moon because, you know, it is the only one we can see with the naked eye. It's the only one in our solar system that has a a psychological and and a physical effect through the tides, through gravity on us. You know, I think it's easy to take it for granted. It's it's a beautiful thing. I got into it quite a bit a couple of years ago and I bought a telescope to look at it. And I can't really see anything else in my telescope. But um, the moon, when you look at it, when it's waxing or waning and it's not too bright, you just get this incredible details of the craters and the impact rays where the you know, where the debris has been thrown up by meteor impacts and you can see the light coloured highland areas and the dark lava fields, the basalt oceans. Yeah, those are the sort of blobby areas that make up the man and the moon. Yeah, I will. Uh, I'll give you that. The moon can be really nice to look at. Hooray. But, so you're uh, not going to destroy it. 
Not yet. Uh, <laughs> but what else you got? Well, you know, we'll, we'll be we'll be literally going there soon. We've got NASA's Artemis program, which Leia, you've written about a lot. Um, SpaceX, Blue Origin. Um, they're talking about the moon. There's the Chinese missions. You know, all of that put together, there's a really good chance the moon, the humans will be back on the moon before long. Yeah, we probably will. And, and that South Pole is, is looking like a pretty good place to land, isn't it? Yeah. So I can't quite see this with my telescope, actually. The Shackleton Crater on the South Pole, this is where a lot of interest is being directed. It's 21 kilometres wide, four kilometres deep. There's probably loads of water ice inside there that you could mine and make into water to drink um, and air to breathe. Um, And there's mountains on the rim of the crater. So you could put solar panels up on there and get into continuous sunlight and get energy. So, you know, it's looking like a nice place to go. Eventually, you know, we can go in lava tubes and live like hobbits on the moon, (laughs) safe from radiation. Yeah, so also the the far side of the moon is particularly good for astronomy, right? Yeah, it's t- totally sheltered from the radio noise of Earth, so you can do some really cool things there. That's, so that's why the Chinese already put a lander there. Plus, generally, you know, the moon is is just pristine geology. It has this rec- it's a time capsule showing a real record of the early solar system. So you know, there's loads of really cool things to do when we're there. And you know, if you believe Jeff Bezos. Eventually, we can start to get heavy industry off of Earth and onto the moon. And obviously, that would ruin the pristine geology if you start mining it. But, uh, you know, that's a long way off. But, you know, and you could also you can use the moon as a base to explore the rest of the solar system. So, you know, it's much easier to get to Mars and other places from the moon than it is from Earth. I think that's pretty cool. It's sort of hard to beat as a, uh, a stopping station onto somewhere else. Uh, Well, I'm glad I've convinced you of that, at least. Which does bring us uh, nicely on to the next moon, which is is yours, Tim, Europa um, with Jupiter. Actually, I can see that with with my telescope. Sometimes you can even see it with the naked eye, the the four big moons of Jupiter. Um, But, Tim, why have you picked that? Well, I I just think there's so much to like about Europa, so... For a start, it has the smoothest surface of any known solid object in the solar system, which I think is just a, a really cool fact. And uh, so, you know, if there was a planet with its own skincare line, it would be Europa. <laughs> um, so it's about roughly the same size as our moon, but it's far, far shinier. So it reflects about five and a half times as much light as our moon. And that's because most of its surface is ice, water ice. So obviously it would be very cold if you went there. But under the surface of this ice is probably liquid water. Or my personal hope is that it's just one giant moon sized slushy. Um, (laughs) So according to NASA, we currently think that Europa's ice shell. So this huge, thick bit of ice that goes around it is about 15 to 25 kilometers thick. And then underneath that, there's probably around 60 to 150 kilometers of ocean. And so if that's true, that means Europa could have twice as much water than all of Earth's oceans combined. And that's whilst it's a quarter of the size. Wow. So yeah. first of all, there's, there might be life under there. And the second thing that occurs to me is, in the maybe I've been watching too much sci-fi, but The Expanse, but people are going to fight for that water in the future, right? Oh, yeah, definitely. And yeah, you're right that um, water is, like, is really promising for potential signs of life. And it's potentially one of the best places in the solar system to look for life would be these um, slushy oceans. 
But obviously, with such a thick layer of ice, you'd think, well, maybe it's a bit too difficult to um, land onto the surface and burrow that deep down. But there's evidence that some of this water is being fired into the air. Um, so we've seen evidence of plumes of water that, are, that fire about 160 kilometers off the planet into the air. So that means that assuming that these do exist, we could send some spacecraft past to analyze this water and look for whether there are potential signs of life in Europa's oceans. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. And we have got some spacecraft on the way there, right? Well, sort of on the way as in sort of plans to be on the way. So there's there's um, NASA's Europa Clipper, um, which is uh, scheduled to launch in 2024. And hopefully it should sort of get there by the end of the decade. And then ESA, the European Space Agency, has got one called JUICE, which is Jupiter Icy Moons Explorer. And that will launch around the same time and ho- hopefully arrive at around the same time. And they are part of their mission is to check these plumes and to look for signs of life. That's a lot of investment into one moon. Is there any other reason to think it's suitable for life beyond just there's water there? Yes. So there are three components that really you need for, uh, that we believe that you need for life to start. And so that's water, which is tick, the right minerals, which we don't exo- know exactly, but you know, salts and carbon are what you need on earth. And we think almost certainly those are also uh, in the the oceans on Europa. And then you also need some sort of heat source. So on Earth, life probably sprung out of underwater vents or volcanoes where there's there's lots of heat. And we think that Europa has probably got those too. It's very likely it's got a molten core. And so if underwater, it is highly likely that there will be areas where there is heat spurring out, lots of um, chemical reactions possibly taking place, which could be the perfect breeding ground for life. Let's do it. We've got to go there. Yeah, I think it's really exciting. I mean, it's like a really good potential spot for life. Okay, thanks, Tim. Let's go to the next moon out um, layer. Now, I've also seen this one with my telescope, but um, it's much fainter than Jupiter's moons. Yeah, it's harder to see, but... Once we get up close, like we did with the Cassini spacecraft, it is incredibly cool looking. It has this fluffy orange atmosphere that hides the surface, so we have to use radar to see what the surface looks like. Otherwise, it just looks like this sort of fluffy orange ball. And, you know, under underneath all that fluff, it's one of the best places in the solar system to look for life, along with Europa and Enceladus. Yeah, so Titan's the only moon in the solar system with its own atmosphere is that right yeah and and it's the only other place in the solar system other than earth uh 
that we know has liquid on its surface, which is really cool. But Titan's like this strange mirror Earth where the mountains and the bedrock are made of water, um, water ice, and the oceans and rivers are actually liquid hydrocarbons. <laughs> um, so, wow. so the surface may look kind of familiar, but when you get down to a molecular level, it's all very strange. Should we imagine sort of mirror people as well or mirror life on on Titan? Actually, kind of, yes. Um, if there's if there's any Earth-like life there, it would have to be buried super deep beneath the surface because there might be some lakes of liquid water that are buried. But probably any life that evolved there would be sort of a weird mirror life that uses liquid methane uh, in the way that life here uses water. So... It would look super different and very weird. What about missions planned for Titan? So there is one mission planned right now, which is uh, my very favorite mission. It's NASA's Dragonfly, which is basically a little tiny helicopter that can go and fly around the surface. And that's planned to launch in 2027. I've just remembered um, a proposed mission. I don't think it ever got off the drawing board about for... um a submarine to go into the deep oceans on Titan, I think. Am I, am I remembering that right, Leia? I think so. Um, but at this point, we really need to explore the surface before yeah. we try <laughs> to get, get down underwater, or I yeah. guess under methane. So, you know, it's, it's horribly hostile there. Is there any possibility of, of humans living there in the distant future? Yeah, so it's not... As hostile as it might seem, on on any other moon in the solar system, you need this whole big pressurized spacesuit to stay alive. But because Titan has an atmosphere, it has enough pressure in its atmosphere to keep us alive. So that's one thing we can check off the list. But you would still need ventilators. Obviously, it doesn't have the same air composition as Earth. And you'd need some way to stay warm. But once you have all that handle you could stay alive there and the atmosphere is so thick that if you just flapped your arms you could maybe fly wow (laughs) yeah i should say one sort of drawback of europa is that um it gets absolutely blasted by radiation so compared to titan you've got basically no hope of living on europa if you're a human because the radiation is enough to kill a human in about a day Right, well, we'll just send robots there to mine the water yeah. for us and, and then send it back <laughs> out into space. Anyway, that's me done with Titan, and I better stop there or I'll go on all day. So that's it for this week's Escape Pod. We'll be back next week, and do subscribe and tell everyone about the Escape Pod. Get in touch on Twitter at New Scientist Pod and let us know what escape themes you'd like us to explore next time. And remember, you can get a discount subscription to New Scientist if you go to newscientist.com slash escape20. Well, that's it. Thanks for listening. Bye for now. Bye. Bye. Do you still want to blow up the moon, Leia? Why, why do you want to blow up the moon? It knows what it did. <laughs> it knows what it did. What did it do? <laughs> it knows. You don't need to know. <laughs> This podcast is produced by Oli Giyu Podcast Production. Find out more at ogpodcasts.co.uk.